Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I've had a very busy week. Problem is... Then this... Gang gang. Atcha, talking about catcha. That's it. You gotta do anything. But what's good, y'all? Welcome back to Believe in the Miami Heat, brought to you by the Believe Network. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo, coming to you with another chill pod today, this time with a special guest. So let's get right into it. I'm joined today by a very special guest, the best point guard to ever join me on this podcast, besides Mario Chalmers. You didn't think I was going to slander real like that, did you, Roy? <laughs> yes, I did, especially when you're talking I'm just playing, Roy. I'm not going to keep you. What are you. I'm the best point guard all time ever to call me the special guest in this episode. Who invited you, bro? The Kawhi Leonard. You wear the Kawhi Leonard for like four games. This is the Clippers channel. Okay, you can leave now. I, I ain't going to keep you small like that all game, bro. I'm going to make you normal size again. Crazy, bro. Go leave. What about me? The second best point guard to ever join this show. The leader of the Kane gang. The host on the Basement Sports Network. It's Mr. Royal A. Shepard. How you doing today, my guy? I'm doing well as long as you're in misery, bro. Like that's always that's always a good sign for me. Whenever you're sad, then I'm always my spirits are always lifted. Okay, I'm gonna get right into it. So Royal is an <laughs> asshole, but if you knew, if you are aware of Mr. Shepard, you already knew that. So for context, I said he's the host on the Basin Sports Network. Let's get the promo out for that right now. Me and Royal work together over there. Uh, the best, you know, Miami-centric sports network out there. We be doing post-game shows during the heat season. We're doing off-season off streams now. We're doing Dolphin streams. Uh, if you are a fan of this channel and this podcast and you don't know about the Basin Sports Network, I guarantee you, you'll like it. So go check it out on YouTube, Basin Sports Network. Go check it out, out on Twitter, at Basement Sports N, and give them a follow because it is the most hilarious creative groups over there, uh, group of guys over there, including Royal. I will say, and the best host of the pocket and the, of the post game streams over there. But being that Royal and I have worked together over there for about a year now, it was my first year over there. Uh, I want you to share your first impressions of me when you when we first met and how they have changed since then. Okay. So um, initially when you first came out, like I mean, you had this conversation, so it was never like anything secret about it. I just didn't get it. Like I was just like, I don't like you. I cannot stream with you. Like if, if in order for me to be able to properly stream with someone, I have to know, like understand them to a certain extent to be able to kind of like guide the way that I host to kind of elevate their skill set. I just didn't get you, bro. Like I just didn't understand what you were doing. Like I had seen a few of your videos, but I just didn't get it. And I think what ended up happening is um, I told you, look, bro, make your own show. Like I'm happy to have you as a part of the network because the skill is obviously there. But like I don't know how I can like utilize that skill with what I do. So get your own show. Start that. That's when you uh, started Witness Weekly. And I, t- I started tuning into Witness Weekly. And it just kind of like it was like a light bulb went off and it just kind of like clicked. It was like this is quirky like Tobin Jr. type shit going on over here. And so uh, I use that as kind of like the catalyst to help me understand the best way for us to work together in that space. And like, I think it's done really well, like in, in terms of the first year, 
because there were some rocky moments, but you can see like our relationship progressed to the point where on our last stream of the season, you dropped a diss track about me that I did not expect, but I thoroughly enjoyed because that's the way that the relationship is naturally developed. It's a lot of ribbing, but I can appreciate like the talent that you offer to our network. And it's been invaluable in terms of our growth. So like, we appreciate you in that regard, but it's just like personal on a personal level, I'm still working on the liking you part. Like you're just annoying, bro. Like it's just the reality. So you brought up a lot of good points. I mean, first off, the the annoying you, uh, that's one of the biggest things I bring to the table at the Basin Source Network. I think it's a, a dynamic that not only the fans enjoy, but people inside the network as well. You brought up Witness Weekly, which for those who aren't aware, is a stream I was doing during last season with George, also on the Basin Source Network. And you said it was a light bulb moment that went off for you in terms of helped you answer, what am I? But I think that's funny because I can't even explain what the hell Witness Weekly was. It was a whole conglomerate of randomness and random guests and skits and all that stuff that somehow but turned that's, out to be entertaining. But that's to me what made it make sense. Like it felt like a sketch comedy show about basketball. Like so I got vibes of like Mad TV and all that and stuff like that. And I can tell like those were like heavy influences in the way that you went about. So it's never like you don't want to like sit on one idea and let that be the focus of anything. It's like you're constantly creating, you're constantly having new innovative ideas. And sometimes the best form or the best way for you to get all those off is just throw it at everybody all at once. And so like, that's what I learned from watching that show. It was just like, he just, he has too much to like contain in one sitting. So like giving him an outlet to let him like pour it all out every now and again, and just kind of structuring that helped us better be able to work in a t as a tandem. Yeah, I uh, and for uh, those that are asking about Witness Weekly, uh, I've had a lot of comments. People want to bring it back. I've been working on it, but obviously only got so much time. So I'm trying to manage the basement sports content, the personal content over here, the podcast content. But uh, we'll be bringing back creative stuff all throughout the offseason, regular season, just uh, when we got time for it all. Do you have a favorite piece of content of mine that I've made over the last year? The easy one is the Whopper video. Like, Big old booty muffin topper, who's overpaid? That's something that everybody uh, kind of turns to. That was kind of like the highlight of probably the entire network throughout the course of the season. So that was definitely a high. But for me, I think personally, my f one personal like piece of ant material that I enjoyed the most was the Moana. What can I say except we suck? Riley is an old uh, what can you say except we suck uh Kyle Lowry is a fat fuck like that that moment like that was great for me because that was like in the intro stages of me learning what it is that you were like how your mind like perceived comedy so like that to me like that was something that we mutually found funny like you thought you thought it was funny to make and I thought it was funny to see so the Moana thing was definitely a highlight for me uh in terms of that but of course the Lowry shit like everybody loves that one yeah I'll have to edit those in here if people aren't aware but if y'all like the creative shit I be doing over here you got to check out the basement sports network because it is that yeah. times 10 with different personalities and I think part of the reason that you know you started to you know to understand me a little bit more is when you realize that I did have a little bit of a villainous side to me all it needed yeah. was a shitty regular season to bring it out to me and I think that's maybe something that you respected a little bit as well so it manifested itself in a different way in terms of like your villainous side. It's not just like because at the basement, it's not about like what your opinion is 
that makes us kind of like accept or kind of like toss it to the side. It's the way that you go about presenting it. Can you defend what it is that you believe? And if you can do that, then that's cool. So you're always able to defend your positive views. It's when you started to use that as a troll that I realized that you had some basement in you. Like you were trolling the panel by being positive when there was obviously nothing to be positive about. So Optimistic Ant, that's another piece of content that you created and it falls in line with what we're talking about. That's the villainous side of you that I enjoyed the most where it was like, you're not only trolling like the fan base who don't want to hear that at the time, you're trolling us like <laughs> on the network who really don't want to hear that time, but you found a way to make that like entertaining for everybody, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just, it was, it was, it was wonderful to see like you kind of grow into that space using your natural personality to create kind of like a villainous persona that, works on multiple levels yeah so uh again another character i play in the the basin sports is optimistic <laughs> ant and last season as you know royal was so boringly mediocre that it forced all of us to be creative because by the way we doing a post game stream after every single game we might have missed two at most so when y'all y'all know how bad last season went it forced us to be creative and there was only so much bad that we could all say. So I started being irrationally optimistic, talking about <laughs> Kevin Love's all-star appearances and Udonis Haslam stopping Dirk in 06. And how that 17 years success. ago. <laughs> but you know what, Royal? I was right. It was, that only, team made seven, it was only 17 years ago. It was only 17 years ago that Udonis Haslam was locking up like that. That shit. That's what I'm talking about, bro. So like that I, had the entire I, network of stitches. I had uh, uh well... Part of, part of the whole thing on that, too, is there's obviously other networks in the market that, that some of us feel are maybe too optimistic, but we're going to get into yeah. that a little bit later. For the people that still aren't aware of Royal, I want to do a little little game just to help them maybe learn a little bit more about you. So we're going to do that with our next segment. First called... Hustle. Royal A. Shepard. Wheel of Questions. That's it. You got it. Questions here. We're going to go ahead and spin it to learn a little bit more about Royal A. Shepard. Uh, questions range just from heat fandom to sports fandom to just playing basketball. We got all kinds of interesting stuff on here. So we're going to give the wheel a spin and see what it comes up with here. Looks like we are landing on. We got the one that I think everybody would have wanted to see. Your craziest college story. What is something you feel like you could share with us without feeling like you're going to get in trouble with the fam at home? Okay. So, uh, all right. So um, I attended Florida a &M University. I'm a graduate of Florida a &M, uh, University. Um, but, yeah. So I was also in the Marching 100. I was in the band. And um, my first game ever, we went to uh, the city of Detroit. I had never been to Detroit in my entire life, so that was the first time that we went. Um, my upperclassmen, the people who uh, came up before me, told us freshmen, 18-year-old freshmen, to walk and find liquor for them at the liquor store. And so I walked to a liquor store in Detroit, Michigan, like the first night that I was ever there, in the middle of the night, to find a liquor store. We ended up walking about four miles uh, just to kind of find it, asking people who were extremely unfriendly uh, for directions. <laughs> but we ended up finding one, and that's just kind of like one of the more tame uh, collegiate stories that I'm willing to tell on like this type of forum. 
Well, I'll let the imagination of the listeners run wild because, of course, I know you was in FAMU and you did the, the marching band over there, which is obviously yeah. like the best in the country when it comes to that. Okay. Uh, and I can only imagine combining that atmosphere with the atmosphere of Detroit, Michigan, which I've been to, by the way. I kid you not. I was there for maybe five minutes. And one of the first things I saw was a, a, a cop pulling someone over and taking a little bag of some white powder out the back of the truck. That was my experience five minutes being into Detroit. So I can only imagine the things you would have encountered during that time. I mean, there was, I mean, you know, as as an 18 year old, a rational person from Pompano Beach, Florida, like there was no fear there. It was more of an explore, uh, like an exploratory mission. Like I had never seen Detroit, so it gave me an opportunity to go out there and see it. But I did see some parts that were uh, rough. I'll tell you something like a dish. I'll tell you another story off air. Hey, subscribe to Royals OnlyFans if y'all want to hear the rest of that story. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into some actual hoops here. Probably not very okay. much because, like, as uh, as we always say, ain't shit going on. But somehow we always find something. So my first hoops-related question for you is, why is it Tyler Hero's fault that he lost the championship last year? It's not. It's not. It's Tyler Hero's fault that, that the Heat don't need Tyler Hero to get to a championship. Uh, Tyler Hero is only at fault, in my opinion, for the way that he plays when he's on the court. I don't get into all the different like things off the court, but Tyler Hero, for some reason, has not grown to the point where he can find a role next to our better players and still is able to be like the the optimal version of himself. I believe that he should play like Duncan Robinson. Off the ball, moving, back screens, dribble handoffs, catch and shoot basketball player. That does not seem to be where his mind is focused at. He wants to be more of an isolation score, three-level scoring guy, whatever, uh, pick and roll. He wants to be that. And he has the skill set to be that, I guess. But on this team, I believe the optimal version of Tyler Hero is Duncan Robinson on steroids or Max Struess, what Max Struess was on steroids. And he just hasn't been able to wrap his mind around playing like that. So to summarize – you want Tyler Hero to be white and he wants to be black? Yeah, that sounds about right to me, Anthony DiNardo. Sounds <laughs> about right, bro. He's trying to have a little more wiggle in his game than his genetics allow for, and it annoys me. So I just, I tend to like, I, I don't know. I just, I'll, I'll allow him to grow in, as, in his NBA career, but like on this team, I think I. That's been the thing with me is. Pretty much everything you said about Tyler Hero, you know, being a high-level role player is kind of the saying that you go to, which I even wrote a song about that. I don't necessarily yeah. disagree with you. The difference is I acknowledge the kid is 23 years old, and maybe he can turn in someone that can be, you know, the third best piece next to Jimmy and Bam on a contender. Why do you think that that he has no promise or potential? I don't. I don't think that. See, that is the misconception. The misconception is that I don't see any talent in Tyler Hero. I do. I do believe that in some bizarro world, he can grow into a 25, 26 point per game scorer. I just do not believe he can do that with the Miami Heat. The best version of Tyler Hero individually is Tyler Hero somewhere else. Conversely, the best version of the Miami Heat team is with Tyler Hero somewhere fucking else. Like, he cannot be the best version. What's best for Tyler Hero is not what's best for the Miami Heat. And what's best for the Miami Heat is not what's best for Tyler Hero. So that, to me, has been the mismatch that has plagued his entire tenure. And that's the only thing that I've been trying to say. He will never be good enough to win a championship with Jimmy and Bam. 
Like by the time he's good enough to do that, they're not going to be good enough or Jimmy won't be good enough. And you'll need something else to compliment Bam and Tyler with. So get him the fuck off my team. I've seen enough. He like, it's just not going to work. Well, I'm certainly not here to convince you otherwise because I'm well aware after a whole year of Tyler Hero discussion, we just be going around in circles all day. There is no convincing Roy Lay Shepard. He feels how he feels, and that man's gonna stick to it until the day that he dies. So let me ask you the hottest topic of the summer. Damian Lillard, you want him on this team, correct? Yes. Uh, what would be the most you are willing to give up for him? Anything short of Jimmy and Bam Adebayo. There is no player on this roster that I believe is too important to be included in that deal. There's no player that I believe will, like, will the value that we'll lose from whatever player that we get, it does not offset the value that Dame Lilly impacts by being on it. So there's no player short of Jimmy and Bam or no price short of Jimmy and Bam that I'm not willing to pay to get him on this team. See, a lot of people on Heat Twitter seem to seem to think that Royal is one of the unreasonable ones. But it's when he says things like this that make me that make me realize he knows ball. Because I mean, you know, Roy, I don't gotta tell you. But for everyone else, there's a lot of Heat fans crying that they may have to give up Jovic and Jame Hakez, who played a combined what seven games for the Heat last year to get Damian yeah. Lillard. They don't want to yeah. get rid of those two guys to get one of the greatest players ever. And when you talk about a team that just went to the finals and you'd be giving away guys who didn't play. You'd be giving away Tyler Hero, which how many games did he play in the playoffs last year, Royal Tyler Hero? One. One. So Heat fans don't want to give up nothing for Damian Lillard? Make it make sense to me. So here's I and I tend to try and look at things from both sides of the spectrum. Like no, we've been conditioned. Yes, I do. Because I just don't do that on stream because that is unnecessary and people don't want to watch that. Respect, <laughs> people, respect. No, I people want, respect. People, yeah, people, I, t- I take them behind the curtain. People want to watch me be pissed off at Tyler Hero for things that don't piss me off. And so I get on camera and I am pissed off at things that are not pissed, that do not piss me off at all. But the the their argument is that they've been conditioned to believe that this Miami Heat team can develop players at an absurd rate, which is absolutely true. So the unknown, the, the Miami Heat fan has grown to believe in the unknown because when it because of what we've seen it happen. We've seen it time and time again. Tyler Johnson, unknown, becomes worthy of a contract. Well, not worthy, but he got paid a contract that he was never worthy of. You got Josh Richardson, second round pick. He went up going for Jimmy Butler. You got, and then you got the current iteration, yeah. the Duncan Robinsons, the Max Struess, the Gabe Vincents. They've seen these guys turn from unknown players to serviceable players that have made it to an NBA Finals, like as contributors. So they're envisioning that Jaime Jaquez and Nikola Jovic will also follow that same trajectory, as opposed to understanding that Damian Lillard <laughs> is a top ten player right now in the NBA. So like. I get it. Like you want to believe in development and you're thinking that later on down the line, this means that there's a super team around BAM of guys that have been developed and cultivated within this system. And I, I'm just saying, like, get the rings while you can get them. Like, that's just the reality. You get the rings while you can get them. And if you if you think that same thing is true for Jaime Jaquez and Nikola Jovic, you have to believe that the same thing is true for Damian Lillard. Who's to say that when Damian Lillard comes over here, Spo won't make him a better player? He's never proven that he like otherwise. He's made every player that he's ever had better than before they came. And that's just the reality of what's going to happen when Dave gets here. 
Yeah, so while obviously I agree with you, I'd give up everything outside of Jimmy and Bam, I don't necessarily think they'd have to because I do believe they are in a position of leverage. Who do you think holds the most leverage in this situation? Right now, it's Miami considerably because of all the new things. Like you got Adrian Wojnarowski pivoting off of his initial take uh, about all these teams that could potentially be getting in on the deal. You have Brian Windhorst reporting that he hasn't heard anything or any offer from any other team outside of Miami. You got the Dame only Miami thing. So it seems like all of these different pieces are boxing uh, Portland in. But my belief has always been the same. The longer that this draws out, the more that pendulum will swing in the opposite direction. I think the longer you have Damian Lillard sitting here, Miami not pressing the issue or whatever, this gives other teams opportunities to come in. You heard a report that I don't really believe, but you heard it about Toronto getting involved and potentially having discussions about going after Dame Lillard. Those are the types of conversations that become dangerous. I don't want Dame to become impatient. I don't want any other team to get the itchy fingers and decide that they're going to throw their hat in there because as soon as another team throws their bid out there, Miami is automatically beat because other teams can give them better packages. So I feel like while you're the only horse in the race right now, you go for the gusto, give them whatever, which is something that you're willing to give up before, but you're trying to hold out now. Give it up, get Dame in the house, and then let's get this show moving. So anytime I come on this channel and say that the Heat have the leverage, which is pretty much every single episode now. The Portland yeah. fans come out of the woodworks and they say, you know what they, you know what they say, bro? They say, Portland has Dame on the contract for four more years. We don't have to do anything. What is your message to those dumbass Portland Trailblazer fans? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it, 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 like I said, like I look at things with both perspectives. It makes some sense when you're saying it like that. When you're just strictly talking about contract, like he has four years that we don't have to trade him. However, you are not realizing the impact that that has on a player like Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson, the guy that you just drafted, is watching this entire thing unfold. If you're going to hand him the keys to the franchise, you need to do that as soon as possible so that he can take his lumps and grow into the player that you think he can become. If you bring Damian Lillard in there, there is a problem. There is a power struggle, not only amongst like the front office and Dame, but the power struggle of the team and Dame. If Dame walks into that live, that locker room, he is the leader of that team. Do you want a disgruntled leader? It's not. It's going to be by default. He will be the longest tenured player there. He'd be the most decorated player there. They will follow Dame. And I have no doubt that Dane will kind of uphold and do his job or whatever, be a good soldier. But the fact of this entire circus going on this offseason, I don't think Portland needs that hanging over their head as they try and enter a new era. Like, you just need to kind of get past that, go into the school era fresh, wipe the slate clean, build your team from there. Yeah, a lot of Portland fans will say he'll play, which like you addressed, yeah, he might play. But then they think, hey, maybe we can get him to change his mind. Maybe Scoop turns into an all-star year one. Maybe the team is in the spot for a play, and Dame says, hey, maybe we can make some noise in this playoff run. I personally believe that Dame or, – or Dame obviously didn't make this decision to ask out overnight. This is the culmination of a decade plus of everything he's been told, everything, all the promises he's gotten, every single game on the court. This is not just something that – I think his decision could just change overnight. So that's why I personally believe it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Obviously, we're hoping it's before training camp for obvious reasons. But what's your confidence level at that this finally does get done? I think it's going to get done. Like I'm, I'm if I, if we're doing it on a scale of one to ten, I'm at about an eight. 
like, you know, I want to leave in that little bit of wiggle room for Pat Roddy to fail and give my network infinitely more coverage about how he's watched. Um, but I think oh, inevitably this gets done. Um, I think the holdup right now is Joe Cronin trying to do a good job before he gets fired. And like he's auditioning for his next job. So when he goes into that interview, he's like, I didn't get completely screwed by Pat Riley. Like I did okay. So I think that's what's holding up. They hold out for another asset. But uh, Miami eventually gives it up and then they get Dame on this roster before training camp. Obviously, I agree with you. And a lot of Portland fans are probably thinking Joe Cronin's holding out for his job and stuff at this point. But I would argue his job security is not based off the package he gets for Dame. His job security. No, he's already fired. Yeah, it's how well he runs the team. And I'd say running a team properly is picking a direction. Okay. Which means that if you want to get rid of Dame, you rebuild, you get rid of Dame. Not you hold on to Dame, you play him, then you're, guess what? You're an eighth, ninth seed again, stuck in the mediocrity, which is the worst place to be in sports. He's very clearly not picked a direction. He has no idea what the hell he wants to do with his team. His last press conference, he even said, yeah, maybe we'll get some win now players, or, or maybe we'll rebuild, maybe a couple of picks now so we can win, or maybe a couple of picks in five years when the team's not as good. He seems to just be totally incompetent. And truthfully, I do think that there's a lot of smart Trailblazers fans, too, to give y'all some credit, that that don't like don't. Joe Cronin in, in the front office. But it, it just seems like he really doesn't know what he's doing. And I, I don't think a guy like that would ever beat Pat Riley. That's why I certainly think that he'll end up here as well. Well, I don't I don't see this as like he's not even in Pat Riley's league. So it's not like there's not a competition between Joe Cronin and Pat Riley. He's facing off against Andy Ellisberg. He's the student. He's he's not he can't go to the master. You go to the student first, bro. Like. You go through Andy Ellisberg, and if Andy's having trouble with you, then I'll come in here and clean it up. But, like, I think Andy has proven that even Andy Ellisberg is a much more competent GM than Joe Cronin is. Like I said, I believe Joe Cronin is fired. No matter what happens, I think he's done anyway, and he's just auditioning for his next job. So whether or not he chooses a direction here, there, anywhere, it does not matter. He will be out of there, and they will be on to the scoop era one way or the other. Dame Lillard will not be there this year. Like and so they might as well prepare for that inevitability. Yeah, well, if that's the case, maybe he shouldn't care what package they get in return, anyways. But we still got a couple months before training camp. I think we'll learn a lot more in that time. But I want to get to probably one of my favorite things about you is that you understand the internet, Royal, and you have a favorite <laughs> saying that I will not lie. I've stole and said many times myself is that everybody on the internet is just a bunch of ones. <laughs> And zeros because the internet is a place filled with so much toxicity at the moment where people get yeah. generally are genuinely upset to the point where it ruins their day to the point where they want to go out and fight people to the point where, <laughs> where where they might get depressed and things along those lines when in reality as you always say the internet is not a real place <laughs> so i want to ask you how much of yourself and, and we addressed this a little bit earlier but how much of yourself exactly on the internet uh, that we see is like actually you compared to the way you actually believe or maybe are in real life? <laughs> That's a tough question because I've, I had this, I've had this slogan for years. I get on the internet to troll and lie about my real life. Like I've said that like in the context of several things, but um, so who I am on stream is a caricature of who I really am. So like that person is in there somewhere. But it's just not a feasible person to be on an everyday basis. I have a wife and two children. Like, I cannot be wildly, like, 
like that in my everyday life. But a lot of it is genuine. Like, I don't get angry at anybody on the internet. Like, I, it's just not a thing for me. Like, I don't, I've received, I've been subject to death threats. I've been subject to people using my child's picture as like their profile picture. I've been, people have done it to me. Like, the, the thing that irritates me is when they go to my family. But like, what people say about me directly doesn't really bother me because like, like you said, like, I don't think you guys are real. Like I say what I want to say, whether or not that's the truth. That's completely up to me. Like I lie all the time on Twitter. Like I just do It's That's what's fun for me. That's how I use the internet to lie. So um, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say about 15% is like me, my actual opinion. 85% of it is me poking somebody to try and get a reaction or yeah. to like piss people off so that I can argue with them all day. See, that's why I like your mindset because the same way you treat the internet is the same way a lot of people do. They are on the internet solely to hurt feelings and, and emotions and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And to people that genuinely get mad about that, I just ask them like, can't you just close your laptop? Can't you just lock your phone? Can't you just hit the mute button or block somebody like that? I never understood people that get mad over words in general, e even a person, you know, as someone who, who hoops a lot currently, and I know you used to hoop a lot as well. Trash talk is, is one of the biggest parts of, of just pickup basketball and stuff. And how many fights have we, I'm sure we both seen get started over trash talking. Like words are just words, <laughs> you know? And at the end of the day, there's something to be said about respect and something like that. But that's why particularly online, some people will waste hours of their day just going back and back and forth and, and going into circles with, with no resolution. It just seemed like a complete waste of time. Every time I see it, I'm, I'm P I'm people. And I will spend hours going back and forth. However, I'm not looking for a resolution. That is the, that is the part that pisses me. People who get mad at me on Twitter, you are wasting your fucking time <laughs> like because your anger does nothing but give me incentive to keep doing what I'm doing. Like if you're mad at my take on Tyler hero, Guess what I'm going to tweet tomorrow? I'm going to tweet about Tyler Hero. Why? Because you're going to come right back. Like, and it's going to give me something to do for a couple minutes. But I agree with your point 100%. Like, if I get tired of Twitter, I just close Twitter. <laughs> like, it's really not like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, during the NBA offseason, I tweet a whole lot less because I don't have anything to tweet about. Like, I, I'm not going to tweet about my real life. Like, it's just not a thing. So, like, I, I think people do take social media too seriously. And some people, like, they aim that vitriol at objects. Like, some people who mad in their real life, you get on Twitter, you want to aim that vitriol at me because you can't do it at rip. I can take it. I'm cool. I talk a lot of shit, which means you can talk shit to me and it doesn't really matter to me. It's good. I don't care. But, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, bro. Like, so many people, like, get mad about online shit. And it's just, it's unnecessary, bro. It's an avenue to have fun. It's an apparatus to kind of grow whatever you want to do. And if you want to be mad at shit all day, then please follow me because I'll make you mad. Like, that's it. Yeah, I know the reason you definitely do it when you said, you know, that that's what you do is for entertainment purposes. You find it entertaining because, yeah. again, you're not taking no personal shots. Your takes are strictly basketball related, but people <laughs> obviously take that too seriously. And the yeah. reason I find it entertaining too is because nothing is more funny than somebody being fumingly mad at you and you just don't give a shit. <laughs> Am I right? There's but nothing funnier than that. 
that's one of the most beautiful parts at it. But it's also like you you hit on something that people don't even realize. Like, bro, I don't take personal shots at people on Twitter. I don't disrespect like I dis I'm disrespectful to an extent. I don't disrespect people's personal lives. I don't I I don't fat shame people on Twitter. Like I don't attack your lifestyle or anything. Like if you mad at me, you're mad at me about something I said about basketball. And and if you want to talk to me about basketball, we can do that too. But if you want to like attack my personal life, that's not going to move me either. I'm a happy man in my everyday life. Okay. I, you cannot make my day go bad by talking, by using words. Like I'm a happy man by nature. Like my, I have a good wife. I have a good family. I do great things. I have fun in my life. If you want to talk about me being fat, feel free. Cause when my wife get home, she going to be rubbing on this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I love the way you think about it. Of course, I'm the same way as I've been saying, not a lot of people are that day. But I think that mindset is part of the reason that you've been able to be, you know, so successful online over the last, you know, X amount of years. You become a very prominent figure on Heat Twitter and on on Heat. Uh, I don't want to say journalism, but you know what I'm saying on the Heat whole <laughs> yeah. social media space, yeah. which is a real community. I mean, there's generally uh, like yeah. actually thousands and thousands of people that know everybody's name, knows everybody says, listens to podcasts, YouTube videos, shows, everything. You know, it's like a real, real space. And of course, now you're on the Basin Sports Network. You're with another prominent network prior, and there has been a lot of hostility between really, you know, multiple networks on Heat Twitter. I just want to ask you, why do you think that is? Why can't we just all be Heat fans and, you know, and a happy family at the end of the day? Why is there so much hostility? I think a lot of people get uh, personal about their takes. And so when someone disagrees with them, uh, some people may perceive it as like an attack on their intelligence or their basketball knowledge or something. And even like the way we do stuff. So like I'll tell somebody they don't know ball and they think that that's an attack on their basketball intelligence. When in reality, it's just a phrase like pack heat. Like I want to trade people one day and then I want to give them the MVP trophy the next day. That is the way that I do content creation. If you do not like that, that is your problem. I do not have a problem. I have no intentions on telling people how to make their own content. I have no intentions on like trying to curate the content that other people should watch. That is not my bag. My bag is to make the content that I find enjoyable to make. And that's what I choose to do. And other people, sometimes they don't agree with that. That is your prerogative, son. Like, but I personally, I'm not making content for anybody else. I'm making content that I enjoy. Now, one of the annoying parts is, like a lot of these other a lot of these other networks and people who get involved in this space, they know exactly how hard it is to build a following. They know how important it is for partnerships in order to make some of these things kind of pop off. They they know that you need kind of like the community to help you. If you don't like me, you don't want to work with me, that's fine. Don't go out of your way to turn the community against me because whether we like it or not, people follow our takes and our opinions like religion. So if one voice says, hey, they're doing it wrong, don't listen to them, then you just took away a a part of the audience who may enjoy what I do when they need a break from what you do. Like, that's the thing. Like, we all contribute to this space. We just do it in different ways. And one of my favorite things is, look, we know who we're talking about, bro. Like, some networks, y'all want to be the heroes of Heat Twitter. 
a hero is only as good as the villain that they face. And the basement has chosen to be the villains, bro. We will be that. We don't care. We enjoy that part of it. But don't try and discredit the work that we're doing. Like, we haven't put in the same hours of streaming. Like, we haven't gone through the process of building a network and trying to find a way to make out, to carve out our space. Like, we're, we have a right to this space, and we have done the work to carve it out. Respect the work that we've done. You don't have to like it, but you will respect it because we're not going anywhere. We're going to be here now. We're going to be here later. And you're going to be sitting there. You're going to be pissed about it. And we still going to be doing the same fucking thing, not thinking about what you're doing. Like, that's as, that's as much of a soliloquy. And for those of you who are listening, y'all know I'm talking to y'all. It's cool. It's all love. It always has been. I have no hatred. I have no beefs. But y'all know what it is. I'm going to be here. I'm a dog. Y'all know it. And so y'all got to deal with it. Just let it go. Like, that would be my... That'll be my overarching thing. Let it go, bro. I'm going to need to put that on a T-shirt. I'm going to need to get that in my <laughs> ringtone. I'm going to have to put a little uh, trap beat behind that and listen to that in the car with the volume all the way up. That was beautifully said, right? And I'm with you because I personally believe that this space is big, in, big enough to have networks that maybe look at it from different perspectives and to have fan bases that agree with each of those. Some fans prefer the sunshine pumping. Just because we acknowledge one network may be sunshine pumping does not mean it's wrong. Some fans don't want to get on the internet and hear, our team sucks, our team sucks, this guy's bad, this guy's bad. Some fans want to hear the positive. That's fine for that faction. Some don't fans, watch that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have no problem with that. Some fans don't want to hear the, we're great, when they know the front office has put together a terrible team, and they want to hear the realistic side. So there's networks for that. Some fans just want to be negative and angry all the time because they're just a negatively, uh, a generally uh, pessimistic person. There's networks for that too. You know, the, I, I really feel like the space is big enough to have all these different factions yeah. do what they do, have their own separate fan bases without having all this hostility online. Because let's say that he do get damned, their championship contenders, and they win it all next year. I'd like to have a place on Heat Twitter where we can all come together and celebrate instead of fighting with each other and say, hey, you didn't think this could happen. Hey, you said you never believed us. Like, who cares? The, the biggest thing people forget is that sports is entertainment at the end of the day. People seem to forget and that. One of the things that they also forget is that people are going to watch all of it anyway. There are people who will listen to all the podcasts, watch all the streams because they are Heat fans. I do it. I listen to the other networks. As do I. Every every day, I have not changed my resume, my regimen in terms of like heat content consumption. I still listen to Five on the Floor every day. I listen to Miami Heat beat, and it's because I like to hear Giancarlo Navis talk about basketball. I like Siobhan Beslow. I like Tiffany Meeks. I like Ethan Skolnick. I like Greg Savannah. I like them. I like. I know these people. I've worked with them. I like them. Now, whether or not they agree with my network as a whole. Don't care. But I like them as people. And I think like it also to the point that you were making about us being able to come together and being able to enjoy something together. I think that it'll be a benefit for the fans for all of us to work together on something like all of us can come together. Like we each done kind of like charity work in our own regard. If all of us kind of pulled our resources, came together one gigantic kumbaya let's make money for this one cause thing why can't that work what's the what's the hold up 
and I know this may be different. Like it's a public forum, and I usually don't discuss this type of shit on the public forum. But it is what it is. It's, we've been a year into it, bro. Shit is old now. Like nobody cares anymore. Like let's just let's do something different this year, bro. Let's work together. Like I, that's what I. That's let's work together. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring this up on on this podcast and this Believe Network, just because I feel like it's more of a, a neutral thing. It's obviously a, a national network with all different cities and such. So I felt like maybe it, it would be a good medium and kind of what I'd like to do on this because podcast. Because maybe you believe it could happen? I believe it could happen. Very, very, very <laughs> smart. And I eventually would maybe like to get people from the other networks on this, kind of talk out you know, their side of things. And then maybe we can come to an understanding and say, hey, Nobody really dislikes each other. Let's just stop being petty with all this shit and let's enjoy what's hopefully going to be a very good heat season. I went back and forth with Greg. You mentioned Greg on Twitter a while back talking about, you know, like a cross network uh, basketball tournament. We could do something like that for charity. I think that idea would be amazing. Now, it was actually kind of funny because he said something about he was doing the poster jump shot thing and I posted like a whole dope hoop mixtape. And then I was like, where's yours? And he's like, somewhere on the internet so i still need that from you greg if you watch this i still want to see your jumper man but but let's do it man like like i know i was blocked by him for a while for a, a joke that i made in the past that maybe i shouldn't have made because i didn't really know him like that at the time so i could see how maybe he would have taken that personal because i didn't really know him like that but obviously you know I, i've i've had interactions with him since then but let's do it man let's do some sort of collaboration between the networks because I do think if the Heat get Dame, this could be a year they win it all. And I want to be able to go on Twitter and celebrate with everybody instead of having to fight, uh, you know, scroll through all these people fighting with each other, you know? We're going to do it anyway. Like, if the Heat team is good, we're going to celebrate, bro. Like, that is, that's the part that confuses me. Like, when you come back and be like, oh, you can't celebrate the team now. Watch me. I'm not going to not celebrate it because you, Mr. 0110010, tell me that I should not celebrate my team. I'm happy that they are here. Oh. And that's going to be the thing that's kind of like confusing. Like if the Heat are good next year, the basement won't even be the same. Like it won't. We're just going to make fun of other teams. Like that's what we would do. Cats out the bag now. Yeah, you're right. If they would have won last year, I would have celebrated even though obviously a lot of the other networks were the same that the basement camp, but there are still people, you know, in this network or in the, in the basement, in other networks that feel the need to fight for themselves. And again, everyone can do what they all, you know, what they please at the end of the day. I just would like to have a space where all of that is eliminated because I just think it's completely unnecessary. I also think that there's a, like, just by nature of what's happened, like there's a lot of bad blood on multiple sides. So it's like, there are some people who at this point, they, they don't feel like they're willing to come to the table. That's And I can say that for like the basement. There are some people from all the networks who are just unwilling to come to the table. And I think that's fine. I just think that the people who are willing to come to the table, the people who are willing to like unify to do stuff, like let's do that. Like you don't have to work with everybody here. Work with the people that you're willing to work with. Allow some of our people to work with your people. Like just to give the Heat fan base a more well-rounded kind of content creation experience we are the leaders in this space like whether or not we want like we dominate this shit us five reasons heat me locked on like b believe coming up in the network of playbook sports like we work with playbook sports they may not agree with everything but we've been on their pods we had them on ours like joining spaces and stuff like that like that shit can all work for everybody 
Like let's cross let's cross contaminate some of these fan bases and let people make up their own mind. Don't tell people what to believe. Let them make up their own mind about what they should believe and who they want to believe in any instance. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, you brought up a good point. You know, there's certainly stuff behind the scenes that maybe don't allow for this. Yeah. And coming from myself, who's only been in this space for a year, I'm not the guy that, you know, that should say, hey, everyone come together. They kind of have to form their own opinions yeah. on that stuff. There's been guys like you and other people in our network, the other networks. They've been doing this for a lot longer than I have. But I'd still like Quit to saying a lot good. longer. At, like I'm this fossil in the content creation game, bro. This is year Three, I started streaming in 2020, but this will technically be my fifth basketball season streaming. Yeah, the world was a lot different back then in 2020. I don't know. I don't know if you know. <laughs> this is it's the reason why I started streaming. I had fuck all to do you was, outside of that. You was writing articles on a typewriter back then, bro. You was using your <laughs> Nokia BlackBerry back then to stream, man. It's a different world. And you was making and you was making videos about the kid back then. Like I, I saw videos prior to us interacting where you mentioned your boy. Like don't think the boy ain't doing research. Hey, I was tagging you for clout and it worked. And then I got to the network <laughs> and you still hated me, even though I had gave you the love previously. But uh, yeah, it didn't matter. That, that I remember that's kind of all I wanted to say about just kind of the heat Twitter space. Yeah. Uh, I think there was something else I was going to mention about it, but. I forget, but either way, there's obviously no hostility on my side. I mean, I listen to all the networks at the end of the day because I think each one provides a different sort of, uh, you know, a different perspective that is actually beneficial. But before we get out of here, I do got one would you rather question for you. Would you rather right. sprint full speed blindly into a uh, Stephen Adams screen or would you rather take a charge from Zion Williamson head on? So first of all, I used to play football, so I'd rather sprint blindly into a Steven Adams screen. Because unlike some people, I have faith in my athletic prowess. Even blindfolded, I'm going to lower this shoulder and I'm going to plow right through that New Zealander. Okay? Derrick Henry style. I'm running Steven Adams as the fuck over. That's not even a question for me. Sitting there waiting for Zion Williamson, first of all, I don't know how many pounds he would weigh at the time of this. So <laughs> me taking a charge, there's a potential chance that he may fall forward on me. I'm not willing to risk it. I'm running over Stephen Steven Adam. Out of all the crazy things you've said on the internet, you have not said anything crazier than you will plow through Stephen Adams. Can we get a pause on that? Easily. By the way. But Easy. also, but the the... I, I don't even want to address that anymore because uh, that's that's the eighty five percent. Just for y'all that don't know, the eighty five percent of the time Royals lying. That's that eighty five percent. Royal. Before we get out of here, anything you want to shout out, promote, go ahead and get some love to the network uh, and everything else you got going on. Yeah, so I want to shout out the Believe Network and my boy Ant Denaro's personal YouTube page. If you're not following him, make sure you do that. The man is always coming up with creative content, and he's you can find it all over the place because he puts it all over the goddamn place uh it's funny content it's creative it's something that you're not getting from any other creator in this space and so i don't feel the need to promote myself i don't want you hoes following me no way um also like the basement will do its work like you will see us because we'll be present but more than anything i want to just shout out at for all the work that he's putting in he's holding it down for multiple networks on top of his um own personal shit so I know that takes up a lot of time. Um, so yeah, shout out to you, bro. 
And shout out to what you're doing here. Keep growing this shit, and we're going to help you any way that we can. I appreciate that, Raw. And now I'm probably going to close this, this track and then get you get you all mad over it. <laughs> no, nah, it's cool, bro. I don't get mad at people on the internet. You are a zero and one, two. And I would disrespect you infinitely more times than I compliment you. So just take that one and run with it. If y'all want to see me get disrespected on a public forum <laughs> in front of hundreds and hundreds of people, go subscribe to the Basement Sports Network. I'm telling y'all, obviously, we got a lot of fans on both, and I appreciate y'all. But if you not, if you a Heat fan and you on the internet, I promise you, subscribing to the Basis Sports Network will be like the the best decision you ever made. The cast, the imagine what I do on this channel, and then imagine that twenty different variations of that over on the Basis Sports Network. It's it's truly, I think, like a, a really beautiful thing that we've put together over there. It's you know twenty or tw twenty little probably little over twenty people, and every single one has like a completely different personality. And when you mesh it together, it's just an absolute masterpiece. So go check it out. We're doing Dolphins and Heat off-season streams right now. And, of course, come season, we'll be there live after every single game. Hosted by Royal, except the occasional time he misses. And, hey, maybe I'll host over there. And I'll get a bunch of people asking to bring Royal back immediately. But that's all I got <laughs> oh, yeah. for this episode. I'll see y'all next time. Peace out. Op number two, he's closing in on number one because this is the person that pisses me off the most. And it's at Donardo. Bang, I'ma start it off with the royal goyo bean head. I sell a snake oil. So we do not mix like the water in the oil. You think you magic, but you Carlos a royal. That's a cool story, bro. No, you almost 40 though. How you say all this dumb shit, but still got more to go. Let it go, here we go. Keeps the hated base and segregated, separated like Oreo. Conquer all. Think that I'm your puppet because I'm new to this. She can overshadow you. I do this. Euphoria, your root is really like root is. Water fake orange, your green light, the you is. Fam, you a snake all the way from band camp. While you always on my ass like a trans stamp. I'm a stand stand with a grand plan. Call me Ant Man because I can't stand Kang Gang. My name's Scott Lang. When you on a mattress with a bad bitch, you last three pumps, that's a hat trick. Hat trick like classical magic with rabbits, your dick disappearing, that's a gringo habit. Your girl gave me five stars in bed, call that single de Patrick. She said when you fuck her, it's average. So we not cut from the same fabric. Stay in your lane where there's always traffic. Put your little balls in a big hole like a field goal. If you're folk, I'm just in tucking. You say hero, make too much De Niro, but you haven't paid me all year though, fuck you. <laughs> I do not care cause it's pennies and I got big bucks like my name Brandon Jennings Had 55 as a rookie while you only got 5 on some weed and you always do Wendy's like Peter Pan Neverland you on a level that's lower than me like the devil that's prevalent and promise Neverland I am a god up my heaven controlling your mind like 11 those blood again Let's get ahead of this you're Kyle Lowry I'm Grant it's evident I'm a better 7 than you I'm a better point guard than you ever been dude no offense but it's true now all the other networks are left confused Crying the hating basement is nothing but rude so what would they say when I do it to our own we just having fun I want that to be so, do not tweet us, trying to get tough, time to grow up, time to shut up. If you do not, then I'll pipe your girl when she texts, I won't show up. Balls deep in left, just like Tungo Vailoa. Now, I will say, Royal loves talking shit online, loves hiding behind that screen, kind of like he Tyler Hero. But speaking of him, high-level role player is not even an insult. I mean, Whopper, maybe for sure, but Kyle Lowry sucks so much at the time. Yeah, he still sucks, but you know. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.